G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. Remember, you can hear 2020 on the Vision Radio Network weekdays from 10 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Well, a true milestone is being passed, and that is the 50-year celebration for the Lifeline organization. It's an institution that has saved thousands of lives through great compassion and care. So we celebrate 50 years of Lifeline with leader, the Reverend Keith Garner. He's talking about saving countless lives through the program and recalls the history of Lifeline. He's chatting with Lee Hatcher. Always great to talk. Keith, the Christian minister was the formidable Alan Walker. Tell us about this man first. Well, that's a good word, formidable. Yes. Um, Because he was. um, People talked about him as a conscience, really, uh, of Sydney and Australia. Um, He he was one of those people, probably, uh, and and, uh, I remember somebody saying to me, he was probably one of the the finest Australian-born Christian leaders that we've ever had, really. His family came from convict stock originally, and generations of of ministers. But Alan was a a person of great passion. And for 20 years, he led the work at the, the Central Mission. It was always the appointment he felt that he'd been made for and certainly history proved that so many times he had the ability to to capture people's imagination he challenged politicians of left and right mm. uh, though he tended to be left rather than right and <laughs> um, he certainly challenged people and on some of the big issues of the day were really things that alan was prepared to speak out about and the idea of lifeline was born on one particular night with him all because of a man called roy yeah, Roy rang at the home that, that I, uh, we live in now, which was the, is, has always been the manse of the Wesley Mission, and the call came through very late at night. And this was a guy who really needed help, and Alan made an appointment to, to meet the guy the next day, and within five minutes of that appointment about to happen, he got a telephone call to say that Roy had taken his own life. Um, that was a dreadful uh, moment. They went to King's Cross and found there was a note for Alan on his chest, and uh, Alan took the funeral service along with Wynn, his wife, there, but nobody else but the undertaker. And so it really was the kind of thing that made him say, we've got to do something about this. One of the things that strikes me when you look back at that from today was that Roy was even able to get Alan Walker's home phone number, that Walker was so readily available to anyone. Yes, I like to say this, but that's how it's always been with the superintendent. Uh, if, I, I, I shouldn't say this, should I, in public, all <laughs> around out. Australia. Watch but the out. numbers are available yes. because we, we, that's really what it means to be a Christian leader, but also a minister, I think. Yeah. You know? and, and, and he was a pastor, as well as all these other things that were true about him. So, Keith, how did Lifeline start to operate from that one moment on? No doubt, of course, it had small beginnings. 
Well, Alan called a meeting of 30 people to, uh, to the man's here, um, and the 30 people met together, they talked, they prayed, they realised they needed a 24-hour um, telephone counselling helpline for people to be able to call. They asked for volunteers, and within a short time, 150, mainly from the Central Mission, had volunteered for training. But it took three years from the moment of actually catching the vision to implementing it. They had money to raise, they refurbished one of our buildings in Darlinghurst, and it became a lifeline centre. And uh, that was really a, a journey that, that you speak of in about a minute's conversation, but was, took energy and, and mm. imagination and vision, really. And, and it really was an, a tremendous thing to be able to do. So who staffed it in those early days, and what kind of calls did they take? Oh, volunteers. The, 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 let me say that the first call that came in, it, the, the lines opened at 5 o'clock, and at five o'clock, there was a call. Oh. And uh, the guy that answered it, Alan was with him. There were two of them there, Eric and Alan. And uh, Eric looked at Alan and said, you have to answer it. He said, no, you're on call, you answer it. So uh, Eric answered the call. And it was a woman in distress about a, a relationship challenge that she had. And we were able to uh, point her in the right direction and help her. But suicide has always been the big issue because we reckon even today, as you know, Lifeline Across Australia answers something like 550,000 calls a year and our target really is to get to a million eventually um, because we know that there are people out there if only we could reach them who could actually uh, respond and find help in this way and still a high proportion of those are people that we call at risk and lifeline has gone on for those humble beginnings to be established in countries around the world it has and we at Wesley Mission always want to affirm its Christian beginnings. It's yes. so important yes. to us that, that it began within the life of a church. Uh, Wesley Mission still operates Lifeline in Sydney and the Sutherland Shire. Some people are not always aware of that, but we operate them. And we still believe that's important. Now, not in a proselytizing sense. We don't go on the phone to actually convert people. But the reality is that it began in that Christian sense. And so that undergirds it. And, and the prayers that are offered for it are all important to reach people all around the world you're right quite rightly what is it about that practical christianity that drives something like lifeline look it's in the blood really of the place that i'm a minister in really that that there's no separation between word and deed so doing something in this kind of way um, actually is driven by this this christian vision for the world and compassion alan had this vision that there should be a mantle of care over the people of sydney and of course then it went on to be australia and so on somehow offering something that made a difference to people's lives and, and, and provided some kind of real protection and offering for people. So that's what, what motivated those people and still does. And mainly, I have to say, it's volunteers that are the strength of Lifeline. Yes. And one of the keys to it has been the genuine care and support it offers without any fear of, as you said, proselytising or certainly judgment. Absolutely. And the anonymity of the phone is very important. Yes. Um, we now have other ways in which we, we try to reach people. There are um, ways in which Internet emails and all kinds of responses. Lifeline are trying to develop all those areas. But the anonymity of the phone means you really can speak with integrity to somebody at the other end of the phone and know that they're not going to talk about it, not going to talk about you because they don't know who you are. And that really is the key, I think, if by connecting the technology with human need in a very real and vital way. And the number of calls you receive at Lifeline is quite staggering each year. It is. 
literally, it's, it's, it's really uh, something like 1,300, 1,400 calls a day mm-hmm. uh, that really are people, and many of those people are in need. And they're not all the, the kind of people we find out afterwards. Many of the people who come along to want to help us later are people who know of folks in their own family that have been helped. And they're not all people that you might imagine. You can't have a picture in your mind of a typical lifeline uh, caller because they can be anyone. The needs of people have changed over the years, Keith? Yes and no. Uh, they have because I think we have a sophistication today in terms of trying to understand um, ourselves and, and the world. But I think basically Lifeline, like all our work at Wesley Mission, is about helping people to know that they count and that they matter and that there is an esteem that God has given to us that means every person counts. And that basic desire to feel that you're, you're loved, you're cared for and you're wanted still lies at the bottom of so many of the needs. What do you think the existence of Lifeline and the need for it demonstrates about people and the world in which they live, Keith? I think it tells us that we're fractured. In theological terms, we might talk about the brokenness and the fallenness of this world. Um, but I think it tells us that there's basically an imbalance where people feel excluded. Um, I, I, John Brogdon, who's the chairman of Lifeline Australia in, uh, in, in its Canberra office, and I were talking not long ago, and, and I remember saying to him, in a way, it would be good if we were done out of business, you know, if Lifeline yes. didn't have to exist. Yes. But the reality is it does. And, and, and I don't actually see overnight that need disappearing. We see the needs still there. Uh, but it tells us something about our society. Probably when it began, Alan was concerned very much about the people that were moving to the new suburbs, disconnected from their families, living in different kind of places. He talked about the lonely crowd. And I, I think that's certainly true in a big city like, like the one that I live in here and all around Australia. There are many people who feel isolation and loneliness. So why a Thanksgiving service for Lifeline, Keith? What have you said about this important Australian institution? Oh, well, what we've done uh, this evening is really we've, we've, we've celebrated the fact that, that, that Lifeline began and we've reminded ourselves of those roots and those beginnings. We've acknowledged some of the volunteers. You know, that's so critical that we do that. And literally hundreds of people have shared with us in a, in a service of celebration for those roots, but also acknowledging that you can't rest on your laurels and sit back. It's 50 years, but we've got to look to the next 50 now. What do you think Alan Walker, who died 10 years ago now, age 91, what would he have said at this kind of service? Look, I think, I, I hope that, that I tried to capture something of what I think he would have said. I think he would have said, now this is the time to offer this work back to God. He would have been quite clear about those Christian principles. He was an evangelist, social reformer, a compassionate man, all those things. I think he would have also said, let's not be afraid of the future. Let's move forward. And I think he would have also said that this business of listening and caring, which lies at the heart of Lifeline, is probably one of the great secrets of life if we're going to be successful together. You've also put out a short book and DVD on the history of Lifeline. Where can people get a hold of that, Keith? They can get hold of uh, information. This is a booklet that, that's very helpful about our innovation, connection and care over 50 years. They can get all the things from the Wesley Mission. I must end this way, of course. If there are people out there who need help, Keith, what is the number and what would you say to them? First of all, let me say the number is 131114. 
And if people are reluctant to make that call, don't hesitate to do it. There are people that care and people who want to respond. Uh, my predecessor, Alan Walker, uh, talked about help is only the telephone away. That's how near it is. 13, 11, 14. Keith Garner, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. My pleasure, Lee. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.